what is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court, episode six already. Episode wow. six, Stephen. Yeah, we're oh, wow. yeah, we are practically a veteran podcast at this point. I am joined, of course, <laughs> by um, the buckle to my swash, Stephen Kern. <laughs> Stephen, how are you doing today, man? I am fantastic on this uh, full disclosure Valentine's Day. We get real, little romantic yeah. over basketball. So, yeah, uh, you know, I figured what better way to spend Valentine's Day? You know, one of us actually being in a relationship, one of us being myself, sitting up here, <laughs> <laughs> sitting up here and, and uh, joining over Zoom over a candlelit basketball podcast. I figured that I've, was really magical. I have dimmed the lights and there are some rose petals on my, my desk here. So I am, I am ready to, to explore with you, Sean. Dude, I see Mandalorian just giving me the eyes in the background. Yeah. Like, you like that? <laughs> I like to think of Pedro Pascal saying, home is within me. I'm like, all right, Pedro. All right, Pedro. I believe you. <laughs> Oh, man. If you are a first time listener, if you've never heard Steven's voice before, uh, Steven and I actually figured it out. Um, Steven's going to be here every other week with us from half court. So I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. about that. Steven's kind of terrified, but, um, you know, hey, well, I got I got to find interesting things to say. Just wait, like our 10th podcast. Of, let's see. This is even. So I'll probably be on the 10th one. Uh, we're going to have to, like, make it super special because we're going to hit double digits, man. Oh, dude! Tenth episode—that's always the—that's always the landmark one. That's, like- that's true. <laughs> We're gonna compare every episode to the tenth episode, everyone. Yeah, let's yeah, let's go look at Dan Levitard's tenth episode on ESPN <laughs> and let's compare and contrast. Totally uh, the same thing, right? Naturally, oh, naturally. Oh man! So, Stephen, we uh we had a couple things planned for today, but right before we hit record, I hit you with something that was, that kind of gave you a little bit of a visceral reaction. <laughs> um, so I've been looking and I, Steven, do you know, I like the Utah jazz, do you know my history with that team? Uh, judging by your shoe collection, I think you're a pretty good, uh, Donovan Mitchell fan. Last I checked. Uh, yes. Yes. If, uh, believe me later on we will get into that because i have a little surprise segment for you steven um but (laughs) i always gotta have something up my back sleeve right yeah of course (laughs) so i was scrolling on twitter this morning and i was seeing some talk about the utah jazz because i don't know if you know steven but there is no nba team right now that is hotter than the utah jazz sitting at as as of time of this recording 22 and 5 so they are top. They are the. They have the best record in the NBA. They have the best record in the Western Conference. Obviously, they at one point they went on on like a double digit win streak. They are just on fire. And mm. this morning, you know, of course, people on Twitter are talking about what what this team reminds them of. And I scroll past a picture of the two thousand three two thousand four Detroit Pistons, and I see them say. Um, well, of course, this team is like the 2003-2004 Detroit Pistons because they have a great defensive big man and no superstars. You even have two guards that can go out and get you 20-plus points a night. Of course, they're the 0304 Pistons. And it just hit me different, and I needed yeah. to wait. Mm-hmm. I needed to wait to share my feelings on that until I mm-hmm. turned on a microphone and hopped on here with you. Um, I, I, I gave you this this topic right before we went recording, and I, your reaction told me we needed to talk about it. So, uh-huh. uh, Stephen, wh- what's hitting you there? What, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What do you want to share with the class today? Okay, so NBA Twitter, stop. Stop it right now. <laughs> you need to – I understand that the Jazz are doing well right now, and we want to give them – a comparison so we can quantify it all that they're doing so well. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Utah jazz are not the Oh three Oh four Detroit Pistons. First and foremost, uh, their starting lineup is way different than the, uh, the Detroit Pistons starting lineup, starting with of course the power forward position and the small mm-hmm. forward position. So the beauty of the 0304 Detroit Pistons, and they are the my my favorite team long and away. So this is a this kind of hits me right in the heartstrings. Yeah, this is kind of us defending our love on Valentine's <laughs> Day, if you will. <laughs> the beauty of the 0304 Pistons is anyone can score twenty points. That's why they were hard to guard. 
All right. So if you want to focus on Chauncey, then you have to worry about Rip. If you want to focus on uh, Rashid, then you have to worry about Tayshon. I think Rashid was uh, a lot of people like to say Chauncey was the best offensive player on that team. I personally think Rashid was mm-hmm. uh, just because of that point in history. There wasn't a whole lot of bigs that could shoot and play defense and dominate the post. Right. And I, I enjoy I enjoy the I enjoy watching the old uh, Utah Jazz playing. But NBA Twitter. Stop. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I I think um, one of the things that uh, we have to remember is that, so for one, if you're making a very loose comparison between these two teams, I see where you're coming from, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like from the sense of, yes, they do have some characteristics that are similar. I think it starts and stops at they both had an elite defensive center. Because, for, <laughs> um, because first of all, um, to say that this team doesn't have a superstar is quite frankly not true. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think Donovan Mitchell's playing at that level this year, and I and in my opinion, I think he might be one of, if not the best shooting guard in the NBA right now. Um, mm. So that's my personal opinion. To say like yes, like, and this isn't me not giving the Pistons credit because, of course, that team was special and that team was extremely talented. Richard Hamilton was a star in his own right. He wasn't a superstar though. Um, so the way that this team gets their buckets is way different. Also, um, to your point, like let's compare like player by player real quick. So like the guy that would play power forward is Bogdanovich on the mm-hmm. Bogan Bogdanovich on the jazz. Nothing like Rashid Wallace, no, literally nothing. Couldn't be farther <sighs> from the truth. You that are hundred percent correct. Yeah. That broke Steven. That broke him 100%. <laughs> Remember swashbuckle, swashbuckle, swashbuckle. swashbuckle. <laughs> oh man. Um, and then you go like even Rudy Gobert, the way he defends and the way like like a lot of his uh defensive prowess isn't really like Ben Wallace was a power defender, you know what I mean? Like he was down low, he could get you with his power. Um Rudy Gobert, he's just big, like really yeah, big. Yeah. And he knows how to leverage his bigness. Like that's what mm. he, that's what Rudy Gobert does. Mm. Right. So I think just if you go position by position, this breaks down pretty quick. Literally the only comparison that i would say you know what that's kind of fair i think mike conley's kind of like a lefty chauncey billups in a but lot do, of ways. i would take but chauncey, chauncey would. Mike conley though of course of course but yeah. like wouldn't you say that like donovan mitchell is more of the chauncey billups of the team as opposed to the yeah. rip hamilton like i the backcourts to me are totally different right 100 percent. if you break it down by position they are very different however i do think it is important to acknowledge that um, I think like one one characteristic you can take from them is the fact that they are both surprising the league and kind of taking it by storm and mm. doing things that we didn't expect them to do. The difference is, is that the ways that they're doing it are way different. Like the Detroit Pistons left their landmark with their defensive ability, right? Mm-hmm. I think this Utah Jazz is leaving its, its mark from its three point shooting because the way that they're shooting the basketball right now is literally insane. They like, they're not even letting you be in the game with mm-hmm. how they're shooting the three point, the three, even, point the, even the bench guys coming off are just stroking it. And at that point, as, as an opposing defense, you're kind of just throwing your hands up in the air and like, all right, well, yeah. And like, they, they let, let's see what stars, happens in the next man. quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Pistons didn't have a Jordan Clarkson either. Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, like, uh, oh my God. Okay. So I remember, th- I just remembered this story. So when basketball started back up opening night of, of basketball in the bubble, Steven and I were watching basketball together and mm-hmm. you were sitting there and like, you just focused on one specific thing happening in the game <laughs> the entire time. And it was how many times Jordan Clarkson shot and missed the ball. <laughs> I, I, he's a great player. I, he's better than me, but I swear that particular game, he's like, I'm going to, try to lose this for us like i'm feeling pretty confident that i can miss at least 15 times and like i get that's his role on the team but there was no one like that on the 0304 pistons if we're going to go back to the original argument here like we didn't have like could you imagine in larry brown's system if jordan clarkson came out and he's like well 
I'm going to go ahead and get my offense going. So uh, a couple fadeaways from the corner, and we'll kind of take it from there, guys. Larry was kind of quick to say, nah, miss me with that. Like, go on the bench. <laughs> You're not Allen Iverson. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Like, Allen Iverson, you you have the keys to the car. There was, no, even in Detroit, there wasn't anyone with that kind of leash. Like, oh, like, not even. <laughs> even if Chauncey did that, like, all right, Lindsey Hunter, get in there, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't make me get Lindsay Chauncey. I'll get him. I'll get him in here. <laughs> you want me to get Lindsay Hunter in here? Because I will. Lindsay, but... get on the bike. Start pedaling. <laughs> oh, man. I, I do want to do a video podcast soon. But, like, you know, like those of you listening, like, you won't be able to see what we're seeing. But I put on some highlights from this 10-game winning streak. Um, like, even just watching them play, like, it's just so different. It's much more of, like, a finesse game and, like, the ability to move the ball. Whereas, like, Detroit just, like, they just grinded, man. Mm. Like, they absolutely grinded. Like, let me pull up some 0304 highlights because, like, just in case, just in case you forgot how this team played, like, it is just different, man. Like, just absolutely different. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you the, the day after you face the 0304 Pistons, you were sore, like as an opposing player, like you're like, oh, man, I got to go to Detroit. I got to go deal with these guys. And I don't you definitely don't get anything like that playing the Utah Jazz. You're right. Much more finesse. Pistons were a lot more power uh, and they took a lot of pride in that. So, right. One hundred percent. And like, you know, it's not saying like finesse is a bad thing. Like, that's just a different mm-hmm. way of being dominant. But like Ben Wallace would just go in and like, listen, man, when he. Uh, when he had to win an NBA championship, he had to do so facing Shaquille O'Neal. And like, mm-hmm. you know, even though he wasn't able to stop him every single night, he was surely able to um, uh, to minimize his effectiveness. Ben Wallace mm-hmm. was just out there and like, like with that runaway jam right there, Ben Wallace was just a power guy. Nothing like Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Ben Wallace wasn't exactly tweeting the league saying that they missed a couple blocks on a stat sheet. I'm just saying. Ben Wallace didn't wasn't spread, doing that. Yeah, he also didn't spread COVID. Ben- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let me touch this microphone. Oh, <laughs> That's geez. nothing. 3D that phone. poor guy's 3D never going to live that down. No, I unfortunately. But hey, you know what? That man made history. He is the only <laughs> one in NBA history to shut down a league and also get paid $200 million literally a year later. <laughs> you know, Ben Wallace could shut down Shaquille O'Neal. Rudy Gobert can shut down the entire league. So, I mean. Yeah. The, if, you, if you think about it, really defensive player of all time. Like yeah. Right there. The yeah. <laughs> he blocked 29 other teams from playing basketball <laughs> for four months. I mean, hey, I, a crazy stat. I just just thought of this off the top of my head. Did you know that any team facing Rudy Gobert over a four-month period of time didn't score a single point? <laughs> they didn't even get to leave their homes. He blocked them <laughs> from, the, from society. He put them in quarantine. <laughs> oh, don't you love just making jokes of terrible times? Oh, oh yeah. Man. But also, so that was kind of the impromptu topic. Like, I, I like how our episodes always have this jumbled mesh of just whatever together, because this is mm-hmm. fun. But mm-hmm. also, um, I asked you to do some homework, Stephen. Would you like oh, to explain yes. the homework that you had to do before coming to my class this week? So uh, teacher Sean told me that he wanted me to get a list of five teams in no particular order. Uh, that are some of the worst teams since the year 2000, which I think is very topical because uh, the Detroit Pistons currently are not one of the top teams in the league. So I took a different, I, I took a spin on it. So I have five teams that have a worse record than the Pistons, who are Ooh. arguably in a more lost situation than the Pistons were. And I have highlighted every Pistons player that has, uh, that went through that has played for the Pistons and played for this team, because there is a lot of correlation, sadly. Oh man. Oh man. There is a ton of correlation. To another level to me, this was just like, to me, this was just us reliving some of the worst the NBA had to offer because often we don't talk about these teams. Of course, but, yeah. Yeah, normally we talk about the greatness. To me, I love basketball. I love reliving the crap too, man. So with that- Well, we're Pistons want... fans. Come on. 
exactly (laughs) (laughs) ultimately i want to feel better about where we're at that that's the real truth so steven go ahead and give me started with your list what is the first team on this list my first team on the list is the 2014 2015 new york knicks and oh no! <laughs> I'm not probably not going to review or reveal any new information, but uh, for avid NBA fans, this was the Derek Fisher coaching Phil Jackson executive year. Uh, their record uh, was 17 wins, and they had Carmelo Anthony for 40 games, and he was 30 years old. Oh no, not this team, man. Yep. This team was so bad. They Featured were so... they were all oh, they were this was probably one of the lowest points of the Knicks in the last what ten years or so. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. They were good. They, they were good, and then Amari's knees were like, yo, we're we're out. So they wave Amari Stoudemire, which arguably you had to do that. Uh, they, fun fact, traded away Wayne Ellington. Oh, good for Wayne. Get him yeah. out of there. <laughs> I'm glad he got out of there, yeah. And then they re-signed him under a different general manager in the next, you know, couple years back. So, uh, also, at one point in time, this team featured Lamar Odom. Oh, no. Yeah, so... Oh, uh, oh and- this was the season, this was the season they traded away J.R. Smith. Yeah, That's they just right. blew the whole team up. Yeah, this was the beginning of the end. Yeah, so as Knicks fans, they're like, oh, we got to the second round of the playoffs, and then the next year, Amari goes, I'm done. Well, now, yeah, I mean, his knee said he was done. And then they traded away all of their good role players. And on top of that, they featured Detroit's one-time-owned point guard, Jose Calderon, who was on this team. I looked on the bench. The, yeah. the first player that popped out to me was Langston Galloway on the yeah, bench. Lansing- he was signed, waived, signed again, waived again, and signed again. <laughs> and this was was this uh was was this the the last season that um that Phil Jackson was at the helm? Was it was this the beginning of the end of the Phil Jackson era too? With uh, uh I think he had one more because they drafted Przingis. They sucked mm. so bad. They got the Brzingis draft pick, and then That's they. Right. Oh, yeah. oh no! This was towards the beginning then, because he because if they drafted Porzingis after this season, then he there was also the year that Phil Jackson was asleep during workouts <laughs> for players for the draft, and they drafted Frank Nilakina, which showed yeah. how awake he was. Because man, um, I would have loved to see what he saw in Frank Nilakina because he has not been jack squat <laughs> <laughs> no no wait i remember uh we almost you see the rumors that was going to be derrick rose for frank nilakina for a little bit uh-huh yeah i did yeah we, we were don't... so close to being the le pistons hey, with all of our we... french guys hey we still are the le pistons <laughs> le pistons uh-huh, the leap <laughs> the le pistons with the wins we resist on <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, so, all right. That was the first team, dude. Oh my gosh. That brought back memories. If that's what that team did, I'm excited for the other ones. Suddenly the Pistons don't look so bad. The, the, the downside. Good. Yeah. The downside is their salary cap situation was a little better than ours because I mean, well, other than, they waived Amari, which mm-hmm. is kind of a crapshoot either way. You know, right. there's not much you're going to do about that. But then uh, they shortly after that, I think Carmelo only had one more year there. Right. Yeah. And he was, that was, was, that mm -hmm. was around the time they were like, please get him out of, get the man out of New York. That was pretty Mm -hmm. much when that whole movement began. Um, And then honestly, if we could draft a player that's half as good as Kristaps Porzingis, I'd feel pretty happy about it to be honest, but you know, but you know, be fine with that. As long as we don't trade him away. (laughs) I'd feel pretty good about that. Speaking of trading things away, uh, I'm going to give you my second one on the list. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The 2015-2016 Philadelphia 76ers, which absolutely have to be on this list. So this is the the 2015-2016 Philadelphia 76ers. This was in the midst of the probably the pinnacle of the process. Um. They were absolutely terrible. Um, what, Steven, do you, do you have their record up? Do you know what their record was? 10 and 72. 
10 and 72. It's not the worst record on this list I have. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? There's one team that actually had a worse record than they did. I think I know who they are, but I'm re- I'm excited to see who it is. Yeah. This team was so ungodly bad. And the thing is is that they just straight up came out and told told fans, "We are going to lose." Like that is the entire plan here. There is nothing around it. We are planning on losing as many games as humanly possible. And that's where trust the process came from because they're Mm -hmm. like, well, don't worry. We have a plan. Except this was when, um, this was also, this was, so this was the season they drafted Joel Embiid, I think. Wasn't it? Like, I think. Yes. But he didn't play like at all. Yeah. He broke his foot or he had foot problems. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Joel Embiid might be the only player I've ever heard of. This was Okafor's rookie season. I know that much. Uh, but he's the only player I've ever seen the story of. He had really, really bad medical problems in the beginning of his career and then became a predominant MVP candidate 10 years later. Like, what other player has ever had that story? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the as as many injury problems as he had – like just the fact that he was still on the team and let alone now probably one of, if not the best big man in the league um, mm-hmm. in episode four from half court, me and my friend Chris actually talk about the best big men in the league. There's a little plug right there. If you have to listen to it. Yeah. Go listen to yeah, it. But, but he's a Pacers <laughs> fan. So I gotta, you know, I gotta, if I ever see him in person, I'm gonna like shove his chest a little bit. He like, Hey, remember bigger. that Tayshawn block? <laughs> he is way bigger than you. He would, he would murder your soul. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. <laughs> I'm going to be on every other week as well, by the way. So whenever Steven's not here, I got my boy Chris here as well. So we got quite oh. a cast of characters. I'll have to get you guys together one episode. We do a we do a tr- like a three-head Titan thing where it's just okay. a whole rigmarole. But uh, anyway, while I look something up, because I'm curious, Steven, share some of your fondest memories of the 76ers team. Uh, I t- t- memories of watching the 76ers in 2015. <laughs> I I don't have many, but I will give you some fondness. We're watching a version of this 2015, 2016, 76ers on the current Detroit Pistons because Jeremy Grant was on this team. He started. Oh my gosh. Oh, re- Jeremy Grant started. Yeah, this so team? did Yeah, so did Okafer. It was rookie oh season. Gosh. So this team featured uh two current Pistons. They had Jeremy Grant and Jahil Okafer. And they also had Ish Smith, who led the team in scoring. So okay, so I, I looked it up. I, I was curious. Um, so the entire nucleus nucleus of the 76ers and what they were originally building towards was the tall man duo of Nerlens Noel and Joel Embiid. And then after having those two guys already on board, they went and drafted Jaleel Okafor to join the fray. Who Jaleel, his rookie season, he got pulled over for like doing like, I, I don't, I don't remember the exact speed, but he was, it was in reckless driving uh, mm-hmm. and had a little bit of issues off the court that year. Well, like, here was the thing though he was like the one good thing that year for that team like he was actually playing pretty well but mm-hmm. like he just got hated on by everybody all the time because he was I, the he was the head of the he, i guess he was the the face of the process you know like, <laughs> like he just went out there and just had to get clowned every single game of course it's gonna kill your kill your confidence you know what i mean and now uh, fast forward to now, he's the third center for the Detroit Pistons. Like Isaiah mm-hmm. Stewart moved up above him. Just oh man, oh my gosh! Guess who else was on this team? Oh no! Can I? All right, so I don't know. Oh 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 oh, Ish Smith. Yeah, Ish Smith was. So was Christian Wood. Yeah. What? Yeah, Christian Wood was on this team. He was on multiple 10-day contracts. He was in and out. So this team included four former Pistons, Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, Jahil Okafor, and Ish Smith, of which two of them were uh, – three three of them were actually predominant starters on this team. So 
I mean, I didn't mind Ish Smith when he was in Detroit, personally. I thought he yeah, was no, super no, fun. He was, he, yeah, he was he a reminded me of Bynum. Watch. Yeah. 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 He um he certainly wasn't like anything to like go, oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. obviously when we upgraded from Ish Smith to Derek Rose, that was an upgrade, right? But yeah. Um too still, soon. Ish, too soon to talk yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah. Hurts <laughs> my heart. Um still still in recovery over that. But Ish Smith. Like the the thing about him was that he could come in and he would consistently give us 15, 15 a game. He was able to create offense on his own. Um, it would always drive me crazy when he would run in the lane and just run back out like all the time. It felt like it felt like our offense sometimes devolved into Ish Smith running in circles, going, <laughs> I'm gonna stick my toe in the water. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Ish Smith was yeah, he was the starting point guard. I cannot believe Christian Wood is on that team too. That he was. Just... All the Pistons fans, uh, the, for people who aren't up to date on the Pistons community, a lot of people are arguing, you know, did we want to have Christian Wood or did we want to have uh, Jeremy Grant? Well, if we're going to go four years ago, I'll tell you, 10 out of 10 people would have been Jeremy Grant over Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Where do you fall in that camp, by the way? Not I, to get Jer- too off topic. Yeah, yeah. I, I go Jeremy Grant as well. Jeremy, I, 10 out of 10 days. Yeah, listen, man, Christian Wood is a great scorer, but mm. um, I don't know if he can give you much on the defensive end, and Jeremy Grant can give me some of the best defensive play in the league. So um, between that and his efficient scoring, I'm going with Jeremy Grant as well. Um, Jeremy Grant will be on a championship team by the time he retires. Maybe not a starter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he kind of was last year with the uh, with the Nuggets. I mean, he's yeah. proved that he could be in a rotation for yeah. a winning team with a – with championship prowess i'll take that that, do you think that team will be the pistons no i don't we're gonna be you know unless we really (laughs) knock the draft out of the park it's probably not gonna be the pistons hey taken for cade cunningham that's all i'm saying all right what is (laughs) all right what is the what is the next team on this list steven uh real quick they were 28th in the league attendance the 76ers they weren't even 30th in attendance Oh the fans still went out. Yeah, they still went out. But uh, the next team is the 2011-2012 Charlotte Bobcats, which this is probably the team you were thinking of because they were uh, they were the shortened season, if I remember right. Yeah. Different... Mm-hmm. And I think they I might be looking at the wrong. Give me a second. This no, is, you're uh... good. I think I have a list up as well. So, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is the 2012 Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were seven and 59 yes they were yes they they were um, they scored they scored 87 points a game on average they allowed 100.9 per game on average on average they lost by almost 13 points a game Kemba walker's rookie season poor Kemba. poor Kemba. so Um, i'm gonna bring this back to the pistons Kemba walker his rookie numbers, so his first season, right? He was on a terrible team, and you're yep. not going to have good numbers when you have seven wins. Like, you're just especially not going to do that. Especially rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. So he averaged 12.1 points a game, 4.4 assists. His shooting splits were 36.6% from the field and 30.5% from the three-point line, and he was 21 years old. As a collective unit, everyone needs to take a breath about Killian Hayes. Yep, 100%. 100%. Just let's take a breath. You know, maybe I, I'm not saying it's a blessing in disguise, but maybe him being out this season will help him in the long term because he can have time to study more film, get stronger, uh, so on and so forth. Right. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I, I, so, yeah, I, I think you're spot on here. I think Kemba Walker, he very much took a few years in order for him to come into his rhythm. And at first... I think I was pretty like, I was pretty much like everybody else. I was like, wait, what's going on with Kemba Walker? Because this team, like he's just not doing it. But um, I think, I think he succeeded despite being in Charlotte, not because he was in Charlotte. Does that make sense? Because they, um, I I think they're in a much, I think they're heading in a much different direction. Now. I think this city has been through um, arguably more hell than any other city with an NBA franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would put that out there and I'd feel pretty comfortable saying it. Um, 
this team especially they they this was not new for them they had some really bad years this was bad this was really bad and there was no end in sight we will probably never know the answer to this question but how much do you think them rebranding the charlotte bobcats back into the charlotte hornets had to do with this team Oh, it had, dude, it had to do so much with this team. It, They'll not never just, admit it. They'll never admit it, but they, I mean, it has to, right? They they had, like, there's a reason that they had to spend as much as they did to buy back the brand of the Charlotte Hornets is because the Charlotte Bobcats was never going to be a brand in basketball that was going to have any respect because mm-hmm. they just couldn't put anything on the court that would prove it. You know, right. like they just couldn't do it, man. Um, so, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's not even like a funny thing to me. I just feel terrible for this city. Like that mm. team was atrocious. And like, that, granted, I don't think the lockout helped at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, but so the, but if they had a regular season and they had a regular off season, I don't know if they would have been better. I really don't think they would have. <laughs> they were very active that year. Uh, they, they I mean, they they tried so many 10-day contracts does that count that count for something like half a point that counts for trying to tank that's what i'm (laughs) uh fun fact there were uh two people on this roster that were also on the detroit pistons roster one of them kind of counts it's like one and a half people uh they're starting point guard for at least a portion of the season was DJ Augustine, who we we've seen a uh, a wonderful smorgasbord when he was in Detroit. I I enjoyed watching oh, yes. when he was in Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, and even had the moment. He's had some really nice moments over for the Magic. Uh, the other one was Corey Maggette, but they traded Corey Maggette to the Pistons for Ben mm-hmm. Gordon <laughs> after mm-hmm. the season. So one and a half. Oh. So. And I just want to really highlight just how terrible this, this team was and also how there really was no end in sight because um, the 2012 NBA draft. Okay, Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets or the Charlotte Bobcats. They had the second pick. Okay. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm just going to list the top three players taken. All right. So the first pick went to the New Orleans Hornets. So the Hornets did get a franchise player. It just was the wrong Hornets. And it was <laughs> and the New Orleans Hornets selected Anthony Davis out of Kentucky. Now, Charlotte had the second pick and they liked where they liked where the New Orleans Hornets were going. So they said, you know what? We're also going to draft a player out of Kentucky. And that player was none other than Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Is he still in the league? I don't know. I need you to look that up while I read okay. the rest of these players being drafted right. because it gets worse. With the third pick, the Washington Wizards select a kid out of Florida named Bradley Beal. Directly after that pick, the Wizards got Bradley Beal. And then the sixth pick, Portland gets Damian Lillard. Um, the Pistons get Andre Drummond at ninth. Um, even go down this draft like there would have been players that even though they still would have been busts at number three like they still would have been much better than michael get killed chris because like austin rivers was drafted 10th there were guys all like there were guys all throughout this draft that were better than him just straight up i mean one of the one of the hornets franchise franchise players did get drafted but it was uh um, remember uh, Stellar Tyler Zeller? Oh, he never played in Charlotte. He just looks like a guy that would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, that's who they drafted. Um, Steven, did you uh, did you end up finding finding that? Yeah, he's not in the league. He's not in the league anymore. He last played for uh, the Dallas Mavericks. What what year? Ah, uh, he last played in the Dallas Mavericks, the National Basketball Association. Oh, 2019. Oh, good for him he was here yeah. for a little bit yeah yeah out of out of the league yeah he I, I i remember him having some injury injury riddled times but i don't remember him ever coming out and saying like showing why he was drafted number two overall i mean i think that... the injuries were to his uh shooting arm mm, no okay. that's not what it was are you sure no no i was saying <laughs> i was saying mm, as in like that'll do it because yeah. um. <laughs> he couldn't hit the basket from anywhere on the court so 
Oh, <laughs> he had a yeah. He injured the the hearts and souls of Charlotte Bobcats <laughs> fans everywhere. Um, yeah, well, so, they got they have Lamelo now, so yeah, yeah exactly. And he also made right. he also made six point three million dollars in twenty fifteen. So I think he's doing all right. Yo, Gabba Gamma! Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, all right, next, let's move on to the next team. We still have a couple left. I want to hear, I want to remember these teams. All right, you ready? I'm so ready. 2009, 2010, we're going back in time. Uh, New, Jer- New Jersey Nets. So was this the year that they had Lawrence Frank as head coach and they lost yes. the first 18 games and they <laughs> yes. fired Lawrence Frank? <laughs> they had three coaches that year. Oh, three? Yeah, there was uh, – so Lawrence Frank, he lost the first 18 games. They had another guy that came in for two games, and then the uh, Kiki Vandeway was the executive, and he goes, screw it, I'll coach the team, and he got 12 wins. Oh, my gosh. Good for him. Screw mm-hmm. it, I'll coach – wait, the executive of the team said, screw it, I'll coach the team? And That's – it... There you go. Oh, oh, my gosh. A team that was so bad – that they literally got moved out of New Jersey. Oh New my. Jersey didn't even want them. No, like Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn was like, eh, "We'll take them." Well, you know, we got we got some stuff we can do with them. Uh, highlights of this roster, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Brook Lopez was on this yep. roster. He was yep. a great player. Great, great, yep. great player. Uh, Lopez, Devin Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Douglas Roberts, the backcourt mate of uh, Derek, our Detroit's own Derek Rose when he was in Memphis. It was Chris Douglas Roberts, and he wore the really, really short shorts. Remember? Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, he was the guy. Shorts. He would wear like he was the only dude in the league that's like, yeah, I'm gonna wear my shorts mid thigh. Yeah, this was so. This was right after they traded. So Harris at the time. He was, I believe he started his career in Utah. And I believe this was after they traded Darren Williams to the Jazz, right? I think this was kind of like the awkward transition in between when Darren Williams went to Utah and before they brought in the other players of the big three with Joe Johnson. And like they had that like terrible, like, you know, like out of prime, like dynamic trio that they had in, in New yeah. Jersey. Yeah, uh, I think I think you flipped it. Uh I think oh, Devin oh. Harris was in the, at the Mavericks, wasn't he? Oh, 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 oh! I way flipped it because yeah. that's right because they brought they brought Williams to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I flipped it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then they end up flipping him later on for uh, Darren when he decided he didn't like the coach anymore. Yeah, I remember that's right. right. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yep. It, you know, honestly, this team's not even worth remembering. The, it's really not. Oh, that's right. So, so Brooke Lopez got injured that year too. This is when they had their new Russian owner, who uh, <laughs> no longer Petrov, the owner. Pet- Petrov, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yep. He was like, "I'm going to bring winning to the Nets," and he never, how, brought, never how brought much winning. Not even close. There was one dude on this team, and this speaks to uh, the direction of the NBA. Sean Williams was a 6'10 power forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we both remember at one point in time, the things that executives would always say is you can't teach height and you can't teach athletic ability, but yep. they said that they could teach anybody how to shoot. Yep. Uh, and unfortunately, I think Sean Williams was one of those that proved the antithesis of that point. He was a big 6'10 guy, could jump out of the gym, couldn't shoot the ball, and nothing really ever came out came for him he was 6'10 235 as opposed to brooke lopez he was seven feet 282 so he was 50 pounds under underweight to play center on top of it do you think do you think gms still drafted that philosophy or do you think like do you think they're getting smarter because i i I personally don't know I, i feel like um i feel like a lot of the prospects that are coming out now have a lot more experience like even though killian hayes is pretty raw like he played professionally in France. Like we have a lot of guys mm-hmm. that are playing professionally that are coming in. So I, I feel like we are seeing some more refined prospects now compared to what we had in the past. But like, I, I certainly think you have to have a baseline of showing shooting potential now. Right. Oh, I agree. I think the days of uh, the Hashim Thabit, I think he kind of 
something changed at that draft yep. in my mm-hmm. opinion there you know they went top three they're like, going to get the Hashim to beat guy and you know it just it wasn't for him yeah and now well, I think they gravitate more towards instead of you get the really really tall post player center you get whatever player fall. you can yeah the tackle falls uh now it's we have a, a six nine guy that can dribble which right. Is more skill based, but I think teams like, for example, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. He did have some. He was a very good defensive player. Uh, he could dribble the ball. wasn't the greatest playmaker, but they probably thought we can make him a playmaker or something along those lines. Right. I think we're just shifting from centers to these these hybrid forwards, which we're, we're throw... shifting to a far far more positionless league. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, which I'm which I'm here for to be honest. I think it's going to be oh, way yeah. more fun. Um. You know, I, and it's you're even seeing like uh, pro- more prominence of things like the two three zone um, mm-hmm. teams that are just long and lanky that like just make your life a living hell. Like I, I like you know to me like even though we're seeing some really high scoring games, I think we're on the brink of like a really really good defensive league because I think mm-hmm. their coaches are finding some creative answers of stopping the three. So um, we'll we'll come back to that take in a couple years and see how wrong I am. But, yeah, for um, real. Write that down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, that team. I so I remember thinking and dreading like when um, when the when the Pistons had a coaching opening at the time. I was like, even as a thirteen-year-old kid, I was like, the only guy I don't want is Lawrence Frank. Please <laughs> do not bring him in. But even myself at the time would, was like, I know we're going to, and I mm-hmm. hate that we're gonna do it. And he came in and sure enough, he got fired after one season because he just was not good as our coach. And he, now here's the thing, good executive. He is, he is one of the right, executive. Yeah. yeah. He's in the, he's a, he's an executive for the Clippers doing really well, but for whatever reason, the guy just can't do it when he's a coach. He's just, <laughs> it's just not built for him at all. Did he ever have, he was never a coach and an executive, right? That wasn't, okay okay that's good i was really hoping that never happened uh but yes that is the the 09 uh 10 new jersey nets uh who are i would argue in a they were in a much more helpless position than the current detroit pistons 100 i agree with that Mm -hmm. i think um even though we have one of the worst records in the league right now Mm-hmm. We're one of the most competitive, terrible teams this league has seen in a long time because all of oh, our yeah. we we currently have the highest um, the highest quality of win percentage in the NBA. What's up? Yeah, so Detroit, Detroit basketball. basketball. <laughs> we are losers. Anyway, um, <laughs> how many more teams do we have in our list, Stephen? Uh, I have two more for six altogether. Oh boy. All right. I'm ready. But I find I have more to say about one than the other. So if you want right. me to show. All right. Okay. Do, let's, let's give an honorable mention to the one that we don't have much to say about. And then let's move on to that final team. All right. So the 2008, 2009 Sacramento Kings, they were 17 and 65. They had two coaches. And the only thing that justifies this team in my head is they just gave the ball to Kevin Martin and they said, Hey, let's see if you get 30 a game. Let's uh screw it. We're not gonna win, so just shoot it. See what happens. You go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You go, champ. Uh, so yeah, that team's were... our honorable mention. Yeah, that was the honorable mention. But the the first team that you said, give me the worst teams from two thousand to now, mm-hmm. and the first team that popped in my head because it was the first bad team that I ever remember thinking of was the two thousand four. 2005 Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. They had the worst jerseys. Their jerseys were terrible. Who, what kid was looking at the 0405 Atlanta Hawks jerseys and been like, yeah, yeah, give me one of those. Oh, this team. Oh, man. This team was so bad. They, 13 this... and 69. Yeah, this was. This was when their best player was Josh Childress. Yeah. Josh Childress hated, I, I don't know. I never talked to Josh Childress, but that man made the, made the choice of, I would rather go play in Europe than to continue my career with the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, no. Dude, this, this team, 
this team was terrible, dude. I I completely forgot about this team, but I knew the Atlanta Hawks had a bad history. Oh, man, these jerseys are terrible, dude. I have seen high school jerseys that look better than – I've seen G League jerseys that look immensely better than what they're wearing right now. Dude, oh, no. This was Josh (laughs) Smith and Josh Childress rookie year. Uh Uh-huh, yep. The team featured Antoine Walker Mm -hmm. and over-the-hill Kenny Anderson and John Barry – and mm-hmm. most players, including all three of those, were traded away. It was, uh, I re- as a kid, remembering the, you know, 0304, 0405 Pistons, I remember they'd be like, we're playing the Hawks tonight. I'm like, well, I don't have to watch. We win. Yeah, we got an easy win. It's all yeah. good. That, yep. that, team would, uh, that team would give us as many wins as humanly possible, dude. Oh, oh my man. gosh. And like. Oh man, they're showing them playing. Uh, we we got it pulled up here. Oh man, we got a full game, November third, two thousand four, Atlanta Hawks and Phoenix Suns. What a freaking routing that would be, dude! I just got to see what the final score. Oh yeah, Atlanta seventy six, Phoenix one hundred eight. <laughs> like we could just go to the end and we see that it's an absolute swashing. Oh my gosh, dude! That they got swashbuckled. So they got so yeah, they they did not know how to buckle and then swash. They don't no. know. They did not know the process. Nope. They got that's, uh, that's gonna be. And this team featured Josh Smith, who was a piston of these teams. Five teams that are absolutely terrible. Like they're some of the worst teams last twenty years. There's probably like twelve different players on those teams that have played for the Pistons at one point in time. Oh, that hurts my soul. Uh huh. Oh, that hurts my soul. Oh man, there uh-huh. are some real Pistons fingerprints in there, dude. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine, like, oh four, oh five? You're sitting down, interview with like, I don't know, like Tayshawn Chauncey, and you're like, "Hey, uh, you see that rookie over there, Josh Smith?" They'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's you know he's raw, you know he'll get there." And be like, "Actually, raw. in about eight years, we're gonna bankrupt the Pistons so that we can get him on our team, and then we're gonna stretch and wave him." <laughs> is going to make our lives a living hell beyond yep. even his time being on the team. He's going to do everything that he can. Do Pistons oh fans goodness. dislike Josh Smith more or Robert Horry more? To me, it's got to be Josh Smith. To me, personally. To you? I feel like I, I'm going to go the other side and I'm going to go Robert Horry uh, just because you know the shot. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about with the shot. Yeah, we don't got to talk about the shot. We don't. We don't we, talk about that don't. podcast. We have a revised history, all right, of how the league happened in our to eyes. Me, to me, the Pistons have four NBA championships, and we totally won it in 05. I don't. I don't remember it being any other way. Personally. Tim Duncan's the scrub. All right, we we rocked him. That that man that Manu Ginobili guy. Yeah, like he, yeah, some Argentinian dude. Not a guy from Argentina. Not like he's going to be an NBA Hall of Famer or anything. Tony Parker's the second best French point guard ever. You know, behind Killian Hayes, behind Frank Nilakina. Yeah, Hayes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Freaking Spurs. Well, Stephen, to end the show, I figured we would do something a little bit differently, and this is the segment I did not tell you about. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you for putting that together. By the way, that was absolutely immaculate. It was my homework. Did I get an A? Yeah, you got an A plus. Absolutely. I, I, I got to yeah. give you these assignments more often. This was really good. Um, today, I want to end. It's Valentine's Day, Stephen. Oh. And um, I figured that there was no better way to end Valentine's Day. You know, we generally do a segment where we where we do a list, where we do some rankings. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I figured mm-hmm. we'd do one a little different. At first, I was thinking we we're going to do five, but today we're going to do three. I want to do NBA bachelor style. You have three roses. You have three players to give a rose. The three players that you love the most. This is NBA bachelor paradise. Three <laughs> players you are giving roses. So we, right. will go, we will go back and forth and I will go first. Since we All acknowledged right. it earlier, Donovan Mitchell gets my first rose. Donovan, you're just so athletic. You're so skilled. You could do things of the three-point line. You could dunk the basketball. Um, you're loyal. You're committed. Um, you you committed from day one, and you have given me 
and I mean Utah, nothing but, but commitment and just uh, everything that you have. So Donovan Mitchell, you get my first rose. Congratulations, Aww. Donovan Mitchell. We gotta spread. We gotta spread the love on Valentine's Day, dude. That's all Awkward. I'm saying. We gotta spread the love. You're gonna want to punch me in the face. Uh, speaking of spreading the love, uh, I'm giving my first rose to Derek Rose. Uh huh. It's it's a sad rose. I'm giving it to Ooh. him so that he can take it with him to to New York. A somber rose, if you will. It, it's a somber. It might not be a red rose. It's probably like a black rose or something like that. Do they make black roses? Wow, way to be racist, Steven. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because I think he was probably. I don't know if I was, if I was a rookie on the Pistons, mm-hmm. I would be disheartened to not have Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is, he has transcended celebrity. Yes, he has. Yes, he, he has. Ha- he should not be relevant. He shouldn't have been relevant for the last ten years. Like he was so popular when he was good that mm-hmm. I have to give the guy credit. He is a, a constant professional. He's taking the Vince Carter role. He's going to go to the Knicks. He's going to help build up the Knicks with Tibbs. And he he gets my rose. If I could give him two, I would. But he's going to get one rose. All right, there you go. That's a good first rose. My second is going to go to a young kid. This is, uh, this, is some, this is some foreshadowing of what I think is to come. I'm giving my second rose to Isaiah Stewart. I'm ready to commit. The young, the young stud in Detroit, the 19-year-old center that was drafted at the at the 16th pick this year, um, he has some of the most heart I have seen out of any player come into the NBA since Ben Wallace. He mm. is six nine. He he he's an absolute rebounding machine. Um, he makes it very difficult to be down in the post and to just live comfortably. Isaiah Stewart embodies everything it means to be a piston. And he is just showing all of the tools and all of the things you want in a compatible partner. I mean, player. So, so Isaiah Stewart, I am, uh, I am giving you some trust. I'm giving you my second rose. My second rose is going to, I think, one of the only players in the NBA that every fan base would want to have on their team. Bradley Beal. Okay. Bradley Beal. I have, okay. That Like, but, going back to your loyalty thing, that man should have left <laughs> Washington. We are, we are witnessing someone living in an abusive relationship. The grass is green on the other side. They'll treat you better <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, that guy, if I, we could trade our entire team for Bradley Bill and I'd be like, well, okay, yeah, just Bradley Bill and like 14, 10 day contracts. And I'd be like, this is fine. Actually, I'm totally fine with this. I think that's what Washington did. I think they just, have, <laughs> I think they, I think they have Bradley Beal and 14 G league contracts. I think they got, I think they got Russell Westbrook at his, at his G league phase of his career where he's going to go. <laughs> He's gonna go and get you the Dunkin' Donuts play of the night over yeah. in, over in Salt Lake City or something. Heck yeah! <laughs> so, who's your who's your third rose? Who are you proposing my, to? My third and final rose, and this is a special rose because this is my final one. It goes to nobody else. It, it's an obvious pick. I think this is just a consensus of when you're talking which NBA player just deserves the most love on the face of the planet. My third and final rose goes to Boban Marjanovic. Oh, Boban, Boban, you are just too innocent for this world. Um, you were awesome in John Wick three. Um, when when you when you are given the opportunity to play, you are able to go out there and prove why you're a good player in this league. Um, he is a better passer than he's given credit. He's a better scorer than he's given credit. He's a better defender than he's given credit. And just to me, Boban, uh, he is a good force on whatever team he goes on to. Um, all the players just love him. Uh, when he went to Detroit, he asked uh, he asked Greg Popovich what he should do. And Popovich disheartenedly, like he was heartbroken, but he had to say, no, you have to take that contract. I couldn't pay you that much. Go take it. Go to Detroit. 
And uh, he's the only player to go on the 76ers that I haven't hated afterwards. Um, I even <laughs> I even look at T- Tobias differently now that he's in a 76ers uniform. Boban, I was just, my heart was broken, but I'm like, I still love you. And now him and Luca in uh, him and Luca in Dallas is just a lot of fun. I got to give my third rose to Boban Marjanovic. Boban, I love you. Steven, who's your final rose go to? I'm going to take this rose and I'm going to take a Sharpie and I'm going to write Homer on it because I am, I'm giving Sadiq Bay, man. Yes. That game the other day, that, that, that game, I am going to go on a limb. I have no prior history of this. So if you were to take the last small forward that panned out really well in Detroit, uh, was Tayshon probably that we drafted in the middle of the first round somewhere in, you know, late first round. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty positive Tayshon never had a game like that his rookie season in a Detroit uniform. Granted, his role was different, but he uh-huh. he would have been the one that was open on the court. I feel confident saying, and maybe I might be eating my words, that he never had a game anywhere near like what Sadiq Bey had. No, I think he broke some franchise records that game, so I don't think oh, yeah. you're wrong. I, you're not wrong. I think, um, I think Sadiq Bey has shown some true potential to be a great three and D wing in this league. And um, to me, my big thing with him is I think he can be a star if he shows an ability to consistently create his own offense. And Uh a lot of his buckets against Boston were threes that were, that were distributed to him wide open. But in fairness, if you're making them, I'm not going to complain about that. Like I said, my hope is that if he can create his own offense on a consistent basis, we got a star. That's my opinion. We got a star. This is one of the first drafts in a while, and this is credit to Troy Weaver, of course, the first draft in a while that we have multiple picks that you can look at and you can say, yeah, in five years, they're, they're, I hope they're still on the team and I hope they're in our rotation. I have not let the ship sail on Killian Hayes. He's way too young, mm-hmm. way, way, way too young. Literally to... have not seen enough of him. Have not exactly. seen enough. Yeah. One off season in an NBA off season is going to do wonders for that guy. Oh, 100%. To be able to go into the gym regularly with Dwayne Casey, who will mm-hmm. still be the coach. He will still be our coach. Mark my words. No, no hot seat for, for Dwayne Casey. I am not taking that talk. Not taking that talk. Um, Why would we want to get, I I don't understand. Why would we want to get rid of him? Dude. I, so I talk about this. um, So at the time that this releases, um, this will be releasing this Thursday. Um, I will have talked with Nick Henkel and he, he and I both agree on the Dwayne Casey thing. We talk about it quite a bit there, but yeah, he, um, the the criticism is just unwarranted and it's also like nick said something in that podcast i really like and and he said um it's really convenient that he gets none of the credit for beating all of these teams that are that have better records than us that we that literally all of our wins have been against some of the nba's best but he gets all the blame for when we lose to like like the hawk okay no the hawks is a bad example like the warriors or like the kings you know what i mean yeah so yeah um it's it's a, it's funny how he gets all the credit when we beat this none of the credit when we beat the lakers or the celtics and he gets all the blame when we lose to the pacers just you know absolutely absolutely astounding to me i'm excited i'm gonna go out on a limb right now and say here's my hot take i'm ready Give me we're gonna win take we're going to win the season series with Toronto this year. It's not that hot. It's like lukewarm take. There's no way Dwayne Casey's letting, letting the Pistons lose the season series to the, to the Toronto Raptors. They're kind of in the middle of being good and bad this year. So like, if yeah. they're, so like if they're coming in and they're playing well, then I think we could, if they're coming yeah. in, they're playing bad. We don't have a shot. Cause apparently <laughs> We're really good against great teams, and we're terrible against bad teams. That'll so be the that's... first bad team that we beat, Toronto Raptors. Bad, what? I say bad in quotations, but what a what a praise! Like we're we're yeah. looking on the calendar. Which which bad team will we beat first? <laughs> <laughs> what a bold take, Stephen. And I think Thank it's you. a great take. I think it's a great take. Uh, uh, to end this Valentine's Day episode, Steve, genuinely, I'm so glad that you're going to be a regular on this. I, uh, I'm just happy to be here, Sean. Thank yeah, you, teacher. You know, dude, you know, you're my, you're one of my best friends. On this kind of day, when I'm a single dude, I go, who am I grateful for? 
and you're an honorary mention because there's other people that are more great. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, but I just I and you and me and we're friends. And if I had a rose, I'd give it to you, but I don't because they're fictitious. Give it to Sadiq Bay, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gotta get a fourth rose. I'm gonna give it to Sean Murphy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that's going to do it today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at SeanAWest255. Steven, you plugged wearing a mask last time. Do you have yeah. anything you want to do? Anything Don't anything plug. you want to plug this time? Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> if you go on YouTube and there is an old Canadian HGTV show called The Unsellables. And basically what this girl does is from like 2006. And if you can't sell your house, She'll come in and she'll renovate the whole place for three to $5,000 and tell you how she does it. It is the greatest Friday night you'll ever have. It's on YouTube. There you go. Even I, this is going to be a new thing. I'm going to ask you if you have anything else to plug <laughs> at the end of each episode, because I need to hear about it. Oh my gosh. All right. That's, there you go. There's my plug. Never met go. the girl, but it was good. Well, hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. I will see you next week from half court.